Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And we're so excited you stopped by for a visit. Come on in. Yeah, make yourself at home. We're two Midwestern sisters who love a good old-fashioned conversation and enjoy sharing our life experiences with one another and you. Consider this your one-stop shop for cozy, mindful well-being, along with some entertainment and lots of wheezy laughing. Oh, you bet there'll be a lot of that going around. (laughs) Our goal is to live our coziest life and inspire you to do the same because the truth is, we think it's good for your mind and your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get cozy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. Michelle and I are so excited to introduce our guest for today's episode to all of you. Joining us on today's episode is Shauna Sever, who is a cookbook author. She actually is the author of one of our newest favorites, um, baking cookbooks, Midwest Made, Big Bold Baking from the Heartland. But she's also a TV and radio contributor And she also goes by a daughter of the great Midwest. And honestly, when we read that about her, we were like, okay, we feel the same way. So come on and join us, Shauna. But we talked about that and so much more. We talked about mental health, going from living on the West Coast and back to Chicago again, and just the love and art of baking. Um, You guys are really going to love this conversation. We dive into so much. We laughed so much. And Michelle and I both agree that this was honestly one of our most, I guess you'd say, most cozy conversations with one of our guests yet. We hope you enjoy and as always stay cozy and enjoy the episode. You know, Shauna was saying that she's got a, she's, you've got a daughter and a son. Yes. And you said their ages. Yep. 13. Ah, same as me. Okay. And uh, Andrew will be nine in March. And what's your daughter's name? Caroline. Caroline's going into high school next year. Wait. Hang on a second. How old is Caroline? 13. Caroline is Caroline. She's 13 and a half. Yeah. So she's a year older than the twins, grade-wise. And how has your junior high experience, how how has it been with, oh, I find question. the middle schoolers, is, is this is an interesting age. It's been tragic. It's been really how so? hard. Well, Caroline is um, like a classic extrovert. She's just like my husband. Whereas like I think lockdown is terrific. I don't ever have to leave my house. This is great. I was not been waiting for this my entire life. <laughs> like, I've been preparing for this. Exactly. No, but Scott, who's my husband, and Caroline are like our, our token Virgos. My son and I are both Pisces and and we have the two Virgos, which is hilarious. Um, but so Scott and Caroline are just these classic extroverts and that they get energy from being around other Mm -hmm. people. So there, there was that, uh, but also compounded by the fact that like middle school, I mean, I keep trying to think about like everything about your world around you is like your gauge is what everyone is doing around you for better Mm -hmm. or worse, but that's how their brains are wired to sort of absorb that like context. And like, they're trying to like grow up with no context it's, and it's like a ship out on the thing. And I just, <laughs> it is the saddest thing. You know, it's so funny that you say that. Last night, Mia was like having an existential crisis on the couch over her, I mean, end of the world. Yeah. What her was style. It? Her school style. Yeah. She's starting to see like, you know, she's very comfy, cozy. She likes to wear sweats. She always looks cool. I love her style. Yeah, it's her style. Fashion. But now she's seeing other 
people's and she's like but maybe I want that or should do I want to be or is it okay for me to be like this she woke up this morning she's like I kind of like this but I don't know I just there's everything is there's a lot of highs there's a lot of lows the littlest thing turns Mm. a child into they go off the rails yeah the emotions but like you're even talking about just like fit check right (laughs) she wants to do she wants to do it and then she wants to go out in the world and she wants the feedback the nonverbal feedback, not that I'm an expert in this thi- this field at I'm all, here but for this, it. I've thought about this a lot because Caroline's the same way. And it's like, so you, you just think about the things that we did as kids, you know, you would try something on that you yes. got, you thought was cool. And like, does anyone compliment me on this? Am I right about this? Yes. Okay, yeah. Now I can wear this all the time or this is never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. Like you need that, you know, mm-hmm. feedback from the world around you. Mm-hmm. And without it, I don't. I don't know what, I, I can't imagine what's going on in her little head. So yeah, so she sits in her room, not all the time, I'm always like, come on out, come on out. It is though more though, but, they go in the rooms more now. Oh, absolutely. Does Caroline do the same thing? Is she in her room a lot? She does. She likes to be in her room and she also has taken over the attic, which is like my workspace. <laughs> she's like put out the futon a few weeks ago, it never got folded back mm, up and she's, she's just up there. And I'm oh, it's like they're side. a little cozy abode. Yeah. You know what I love about your, about me in your, on your website was you you referred yourself as such like a strong at heart midwestern i think you said daughter in it daughter Mid- of the midwest yeah daughter that of the midwest sort of thing fit with me when i was like okay. that's how i so let's talk about this because Michelle and I are also obsessed with the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I know that you you moved out to California for a, a, a bit, seven years or so. Thirteen years. Where did you move? We uh, let's see. I graduated college, which is where I met my husband. Then we got married kind of early aughts, and then moved to LA first for five years, and then moved up to San Francisco for eight years, which is where the kids were born. So and they then, were born out there. Yeah. And what college did you meet him at? Bradley University. Okay. Oh my God, that's Peoria. in Peoria. That's in, yeah, yeah, in Peoria. Yeah. So then you guys moved out, and then you came back. Now, what brought you back? Were, were was it your roots calling you back? Were you missing the Four Seasons? I'm dying to know because I mm-hmm. love the California life, but mm-hmm. it's very different. Oh, yeah. So tell us. Well, I mean, the just straight up reason was that my husband got the job that he'd been okay. working towards forever, and it was an opportunity that was really great, and it had sort of been massaged to the point that it was like, okay, this is a deal that's that's worth kind of uprooting and, and going. Um, my daughter was in second grade. It was like the fall of her second grade year at the time. And we were like, you know, if we wait, you know, Andrew was two. It was like, if we wait too much longer, this is just going to get really rough. Mm-hmm. You know? And the timing was good. You know, my a lot of my family is here. And I don't know. I, I think also people who haven't spent time in California um San Francisco changed a lot in I've the heard years this we were there you mean now it's different oh it's it's very different I've now, heard this recently. but in that sort of eight-year period we were there from 2007 till fall of 2015 when we moved it it was we were there at the tail end of like old San Francisco vibes and then you know really the tech money which was lovely in and back then, then. yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it was it's a very international city. It mm-hmm. feels like a little European in a way, but it's, you know, we used to say it's like California, it's like Chicago in California. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's got all of these different sort of neighborhoods and pockets mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's... And good you know, food. Very obviously. Yeah. Great food. Great food. And so you happy to be back in the Midwest? Do you feel like this is kind of where you belong? Yeah. You know, I've never had any regrets about 
about moving back. I mean, there are certain times where it's like right now negative sixteen real feel. <laughs> it's so cold today. It's it just so cold. You're like, ooh. Um, San Francisco had some chilly days, yeah. but you know, we always joke like Caroline cannot handle the temperature that's <laughs> above like sixty five. She like flushes, and she's just such a Bay so Area. So she's okay. That's child. hilarious. She's, she's like heat get, sensitive. Yeah. yeah. You never get very, very warm days in Mm-mm. San Francisco, and it, it never gets terribly cold. So, yeah. Now, when you were out there, your your background, your bio is very interesting because it, it sounds like you started in broadcast journalism. Yeah. And then, did you study that at Bradley? Mm-hmm. Because they have a good, they have a pretty good program out there. Yeah. I remember when I was looking. So you started in broadcast journalism, and then you went into entertainment hosting or, or yeah. reporting. Was that out in California? Correct. And were you like dishing on celebrities and fashion on the red carpet? Yeah. What was what your was, what, what was your, was your gig there? Yeah. Oh, we should pull out pull out some old please. DVDs. Let's see your reel. <laughs> yeah, they're on My DVDs. They're on oh, DVDs. So many reels. Um, it's kind of fun actually to like show them to my kids. I love it. Yeah, um, I did that. That's me. It's so funny. So yeah, started out kind of uh, with a journalism degree and did you know hard news for about like a year and in you know internships and then coming out of college because that's sort of what they train you to do um but it also overlapped with my background growing up I was a big theater kid and I was big into acting and I had an agent in Chicago here when I was a teenager so I did a lot of like professional auditions and you know, stuff like that. So I had spent enough time in LA as a a teenager that that seed was sort of planted in my head as something I kind of wanted to go back and and explore more when I could, when I was done with school. Um, Because not finishing school was not not an option. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like I had to get the degree. So I did. And then after my husband and I got married and he got a job opportunity in LA, it was like, okay, this is how I'm doing LA then. So I initially went to pursue acting and kind of continue. Out in LA. Right. Okay. What I had sort of started. And then um, that was sort of uh, 2003. It was really the beginning of all of this, you know, some the young people will not remember, but there Tell was a us. time that there wasn't unscripted television. I mean, we had the real world New York was maybe the first time that people really saw that. Yes. But then when you're talking like 2003, it was this boom of unscripted TV. Mm-hmm. You know, even like, you mean like when, like the when you're talking reality. reality stuff. Yeah. Okay. And like yeah. MTV real world, like you said, that was like kind of the, kind of like the, the watershed unit. moment, right? right. And then it morphed into shows like, do you remember early like Trading Spaces on yes, TLC with yes, Paige yes. Davis with her? Wait, were you on a reality TV here. show? Uh, no. Okay, I was waiting for this. I thought you were going to tell us you were like <laughs> on Survivor. <laughs> so. Survivor? I would never make it. I feel like you'd be badass on Survivor, actually. <laughs> oh my God. No. You kidding me? The lack of shower and I would be the, just the terrible. No. They'd be like, we're kicking her off. She's doing nothing. We She's clink. baking. We She's baking for us. It's odd, but. She's Nothing trying, for our competition. She's trying to make a pound cake in the jungle. <laughs> so I guess we'll create an alliance with her. But She'll yeah. feed us. No, I was never on Survivor. Although I did meet that guy once, which Jeff? was pretty cool. Jeff yeah. He seems pretty cool. Yeah, was he, he nice? Yeah, no, he's very nice. He worked with a, nice. uh, a casting director I worked with for okay. a time. And um, she kind of had a hand in the production with that too. But anyway, so LA was a time where I gathered a lot of very cool stories that are fun to sort of... Um, throw out sometimes and then (laughs) moved from acting to TV hosting because there were all these opportunities for people who could 
um, do what you learn as a, a broadcast journalist, which is like, you know, you're thinking on your feet, you understand like bullet points and like the pyramid of a story mm. and, or, or an interview. And even if you're doing like a red carpet interview, that's very, very quick, you know, you kind of, the smartest way to do it is to, you know, understand the editing and production aspect of it so that you ask your questions in such a way that you make it easy for post-production you know and then they hire you again because like she doesn't need editing and like that's a skill (laughs) that that really came over you know really well from the broadcasting side that's cool yeah what what kind of entertainment reporting where like what station or program were you with or show I did a whole bunch of you know a lot of times you're you're gigging a lot or you did back in the day some of these places don't even exist anymore um you know I was I I did red carpets for E and for um Really cool. What was the other one called? Extra. Yes. Oh yeah. Mario Lopez. Isn't it Mario Lopez? Is it Mario Lopez? We had a um, we had a young uh, a a lovely lady on our show, and we're friends. She's a weird internet friend. Never met her in real life. Melissa Melissa Chatain, and she now does. She's doing what she does. What you were doing. She does a lot of red carpet. A lot of she's a fashion Fashion correspondent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's awesome. She's out in LA, but she's on Today and and sometimes on um and E and whatnot. Now, did you meet any famous people that left that left a lasting impression that you can recall or tell us about? Um, I know I didn't put that in the show notes. No, I mean I'm happy to talk about it. Um, Anybody? Well, I've been thinking about Betty White in a good or bad way. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Good or bad. Either way, doesn't matter. No, I will. I will fully dish with you because one great, great gig that I had that I'm just remembering um, was actually for a show called Cinema Sushin, which was sort of the Entertainment Tonight in Japan. I was going to say it sounds like a little bit international. So it was a daily entertainment news show in Japan. My husband thought it was hilarious. He's like, she's huge in Japan. (laughs) There was a time I was in the peanut butter aisle at the Albertsons, which is like Jewel in Santa Monica, Very and nice. there were two. There were Japanese tourists. That they saw you and loved And I was like, "Holy oh, shit! I made it! What?" <laughs> That I did not see that coming. That's amazing. You know, it was very funny. So it was a great show, (laughs) and you got great access to things because it was a higher tier show in terms of international uh, press. So when you do say um, press junkets, which they always have in a very fancy hotel like Four Seasons Mm -hmm. or Beverly Hills Hotel or someplace really nice, and then they put all of the um, you know the reporters in this little sort of room with croissants and things while you're waiting and then they call you in and in groups and then they sort of announce you and and you know most people look like they come from where they come from because they have an accent and all this stuff and then you know they said Shauna Seaver from Cinema Sushin and I walk in and like you oh, know and they're like wait a second they're like wait um, what you're an American like, white hey guys, woman you know like they're not they're not you're not Japanese right so funny. But I was kind of their, you know, Hollywood correspondent. Sure. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. So I would do things that were very stereotypically Hollywood. I would go on the Walk of Fame and do just dorky oh my God, stuff. fun, though. That translated more as being classic yes. Hollywood. Yes. Right. So a little cheesy, but really fun. And um, so I got to meet a lot, a lot of celebrities doing those press junkets because you, you know, it's four or five at a time. Yeah. If it's a big movie, you're just doing after one after the next. So, I mean, that was, 
um, I remember when I did a press junket for The Breakup, which is a movie that yeah. I will watch whenever Wait, it is, is that, on television. So is that with um, Ryan Reynolds? No. Jennifer Aniston. And Ben Affleck? No. And uh, Vince Vaughn. Yes. Oh, okay. And they mm-hmm. dated they in real life. For, I and thought it was a very business couple. Chica- and maybe it was, fil- and it was filmed, filmed in Chicago. In Chicago. So did you meet both of them? Yeah. So you go, you just go room to room. Yeah. Every celebrity has their own room and they just send you down the hall and you get all your... Your interviews in. Was she as down to earth as she seems? That was so such a disappointing interview for me because I, you know what, you cannot judge. First of all, you have to understand these people sit in a chair all day answering the same questions all day long. And they're like, here comes another one. But I was such a huge and still am. I still am a I am a nineties girl. I love Jennifer Aniston. I will buy what literally whatever she's selling. (laughs) Vitamin water. (laughs) You and my best friend Killian would get along very well. She invited her to her fundraiser every year for the first five years. (laughs) She's like, please come. Please come, Jen Aniston. (laughs) Never show it. See we all feel that way. I think she was just having an off everyone's friend. But I definitely left feeling like I I wanted that moment with her and I didn't get that. That's just so so not professional. (laughs) You put it in such a good perspective though that they are sitting there all day long talking about the same thing with just different faces Mm -hmm. it's gotta be a little exhausting you're under those lights it's just that's probably the part of the job that they like the least but there were times where i mean how many people get to meet the guys they had you know pictures of in their locker who did you meet like jtt uh no well That was my sister. I, Devin saw what was going it? No, on. No, 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 no. Um, like Keanu Reeves. Oh, no shit. Oh now, okay, now, now he. he the nicest. Oh, just. Just a Everything you oh wanted it to be. Like every like, mother's Sir. dream son. Oh, my God. They just say that he is Stunning. one of the kindest, kindest men. Like giving sweetheart. his income away to people. Well, he didn't give me any money. I mean, that's too bad. <laughs> Missed out on that one, but I have heard great things. There's lots of great memes about him. Him too. sitting yeah, sad thinking, on a bench, thinking, yeah. just yeah. gentle, just yep. uh, so great. And another thing that I've I've I, I've seen again, these are memes, so you take them with it's a grain of salt. But he doesn't like when he's taking photos with women. He's very careful with his hand placement. Doesn't touch. Sometimes he just lets the arm float. He's yeah. like a perfect gentleman. He's wonderful. Yeah, he really is. Sounds Was like that for memes. like a Matrix movie or something? That was a really weird little movie called Scanner Darkly. Oh, never even never heard, heard of it. it. Yeah. Well, you've never even heard of no, it? No, but Anthony has, I'm sure. It <laughs> is kind of animated. It's half animated. It's very odd. Because when you do these, you go to the, the screening first. You can watch the movie. So oh, you, at cool. So at least you understand so you see what you're going to talk to them about. On, yeah. There were a bunch of, was Winona Ryder in that? And I can't, was she? Is that the same? She seems like she'd be kind of just chill. Yeah, very chill. Yeah, chill. chilled, maybe a little wacky. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe stoned. Maybe stoned. Just I guess maybe like, like it's just real like, chill. Just like, whatever, hey, no, you know, I love her. She's amazing. So you have, this is a very interesting background. So we get here, and now in between and in the interim of all of the things that you're doing, are you baking? Is baking a part of you as just a person? Right. Because we are holding, Michelle and I, Shauna came and gifted mm. us with her freaking gorgeous book, Midwest It Made. really is gorgeous. Big, bold baking from the heartland. Mm. And how many recipes are in here? Because it's thick. It's 130 maybe, I think. Oh, I, I just turned open to the jello mold. I cannot wait to stay up tonight and flip and read it like a and novel. And postmark, read it, or post like, each um, one. Uh-huh. Nah. Well, that's what I do with cookbooks. Oh, good. They're like reading. Like it's Next like a regular crispy treats. That looks, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful book. But oh, I want to know, were you baking then? I was baking um, 
I was. I was baking. Um, I think when I got married, I, you know, just dove into like the domestic side of things. And I grow, grew up in a family where there was always a lot of food and like, you know, food was love and food was comfort. Yeah. And I wanted that for myself and my husband. So I was doing some of that. And then um, I, I would say it was probably, well, you'd have to go back to that that dead blog on my website. Hold on, I'll tell you. <laughs> post. I, actually, I don't even know if dates are on those. So you're those. talking about piece of cake. Uh, so which your blog was post. The, oh, that's cute. Or your first blog. Oh, you dove way in. I did. Uh, piece of cake was the I'm name a detective. of the blog back yeah. in the day, and that was in 2007. 2007. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. July 2007. I remember now was the first post um, because we moved to San Francisco like six months later. So I started it in our little apartment in Santa Monica and I was baking quite a bit and I don't know, it was just sort of like food blogs were just kind of, it was that first wave. That was and early. I, yeah, you were like on, on the you were on front it. end of it. Yeah, yeah, you were like on the frontier. It was like the frontier of it. Truly. It was kind of, yeah. I mean, like definitely some people that I really super admired are, are still still in the game yep. doing it in a really like authentic way, which is nice. And then some people not. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> back then it was like, this is what I want. I want, felt it. I want to write about this and I love these stories and it mm. felt really small and like the pictures didn't have to be great and yes. I don't even think SEO was invented then and it was just, it was like a journal with food pictures and it was a nice way to think about home and recall things I'd forgotten about and it just gives you an excuse to, to bake these things mm-hmm. and think about them. And share. I love and that. I loved it. And it was a nice distraction because at that time, the celebrity gossip tabloid uh part of entertainment news was exploding i mean this was like 2007 yeah so we're talking britney shaved her head and went after the guy with the umbrella yes yeah her breakdown yes Mm. oh this was a lot yeah this was a lot going on paris and juicy sweats and nicole ritchie doing their juicy sweats juicy totally juicy couture has anything made your ass look better since i mean Um, i don't think so i don't know man they looked they were so low riding (laughs) that was also those were also in at a time when my ass still had a nice form anything can make it so nice. I felt like it really had, you know, you now if I put does. it, if I put a it pair of juicies on now, I don't know, you guys, it looks like I've been sitting a lot during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> flat butts and flat ass. It's a little like grapefruit in it a just nylon doesn't, It's sock. not, it used to be more of a ledge and now <laughs> I just, it doesn't seem like I could rest well, anything. Well, you can do on. things about that. You know what? That's, thank goodness, juicy, smudges. juicy couture. No, they're, they're bad. Are they, are they bad? No, they are they bad. Are bad. They're, they're having bad. like a revival. So you were baking while all this shit's exploding. Did you find it like to be like therapeutic because your job was kind of heavy? Yeah, I think I felt like, I, and this is a pattern in my life, every s- certain number of years in my head, I seem to have it as being, well, it depends on the, the time period. But for me, it seems to be 10 to 12 years. And then something happens where I'm like, I hate all this, burn it down. So I was getting towards the end, you know, of that of that time in entertainment news. I um, had something really profound happen, which is at the end of our time in L.A., mm-hmm. so thinking winter 2007, um, Scott and I had been trying to have a baby for a your, long time. Your first? My first. Okay. It was not happening. I was having a lot of problems, and I was trying, 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 which... Did you, you know, do a lot of medical intervention trying, too, or just a lot of 
time dinner course. Uh, we're well, doing like no, IVF. Did I did the Clomid. Clomid. I mm-hmm. did IYs. Metformin mm-hmm. because Another it one. was PCOS related. Oh, okay. Or so they thought. Got it. So you had a lot of mystery and trying. Yeah. A okay. lot of cysts in the ovaries. Oh, shit. Uh, the little pearl necklace thing they talk about. Where oh, I don't know that like, one. Yeah. It just, wow. It, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Actually, they show you the ovary and it is like just little, a coiled up little pearl necklace. Were All your cysts? little eggs that never... They were Never. eggs. It was like a backup. It's uh, wild. Is that they were just they were supposed to be released and then they never were. Right. Oh and then wow. Stop kind it. of hold on. You know they're. I've never on, heard on. of that before. Well, a lot of women with PCOS would got would it. Have. It's Understand a polycystic it. ovarian. Syndrome. Okay. Yep. Okay. And I didn't present as such because I didn't have a lot of the other outer symptoms. Yep. But I saw this really great fertility doctor at UCLA who was helping me through that, and I was on some medications and. Still wasn't really happening. And then, uh, yeah, winter 2007, Scott got his job in San Francisco. And I thought, you know what? This is a sign. Like, mm. to change course, um, you know, I had still been auditioning, but not with as much passion as I had been about getting gigs or doing things. And, you know, and we wanted to start a family. And um, it was so wild because we moved there in December. Um and as we figured out, uh, Caroline was conceived like the first weekend we were in San Francisco. You just needed a change of scenery. Right. <laughs> Caroline was like, this is it. This is Finally the place. Home. It's not yeah. going to get too hot. So you were in LA and then you had to get to San Fran. Yeah. We did. It she, was the right temperature. First like you weekend said, there. She doesn't do great in the hot sun. She it was, was just... <laughs> Yeah. That's too funny. She's like, all right, mom and dad, let's yeah. knock one out and just get to brunch. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happened. And it and she was a surprise. Amazing. And we couldn't, we couldn't believe it, that it happened. so cool. And I'll never forget, because I went back to the doctor once I got a positive pregnancy test on New Year's Day. Oh, um, good way to start. Better. It was wild. Oh, my poor husband. It was like he was watching the Rose Bowl. And I went in and because I peed on so many sticks <laughs> that I didn't even tell him I was taking it. And I was like, um. <laughs> Pause your football, buddy. Right. And he's like, what are you talking? What? What's happening? <laughs> and then he didn't believe it because it was one of those with just the stripes. And he's like, okay, I need a digital uh-huh. test. Mm-hmm. He's in technology. <laughs> so then we had to go to Walgreens to get a digital test. Anyway. Um, so yeah, no, she was kind of like a little bit of a miracle in that way. And when I went in to like see the, you know, to check everything out um, with my doctor, uh, like the cysts were gone. She's like, I don't know what happened here. And I have no way of explaining it. They wow. were gone? They were gone. Isn't that crazy? It was. That's just the thing about pregnancy. And like, it's, there's so much mystery. It really literally is is the miracle of life. I mean, there's, the the doctors are so incredible and thank God for modern medicine because I couldn't get pregnant. I needed help too to do it as well. But seriously, there's so much unknown. It's just like, what? And they even tell you, I mean, well, with your case, they were like, it's probably PCOS, right? Right. With mine, it was probably your endometriosis, but it's also that unexplained infertility. You had polyps. Mine was unexplained. And then it was like, let's take a deeper dive. And it was like, holy cow, we've got some foreign unidentified objects growing on (laughs) the inside of your uterus. How We need to get those out. And then it was like, and let's do it. I know. That's great. Well done. Glad that you got that one. And then your son, Andrew is his name. Yeah. Was he conceived naturally too? Was it it easier with the try for him? It was easier. There was a miscarriage in between, which I wasn't terribly far along um, with that one. But then he came about six months after that. I've always been curious about that. Like how far after a miscarriage you are able to conceive again? I don't know. I think it, you know, it depends on on everybody, but I think I think 
it was probably within about six months. For yours, okay. Came along. So you've got buns in the oven. Those buns, came yes. out. Literal buns. Literal and, buns. And then, yeah. and you're baking this entire time. And I am baking. A lot and of you're, baking. So you're a self-taught baker. Yes. Inspired by, you said that you like like the domestic side and stuff, but did you have a grandma that was baking a lot? Yeah. Or was your mom always, did she have cookies in the oven? Or were you just like, I just am obsessed with baking sweet treats? Yeah, my mom was not really much of a baker. Not my was grandma nice. was a baker. No. I think it's generational though. My mom, mom's in the 70s She was like boxed brownies yeah. and Rice Krispie treats. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which are Totally Which are fine. Delicious. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. My grandmother did bake a little bit because my grandmother was sort of an of an interesting. She was a younger grandmother too. I want to say she was born in thirty four. So oh, she, she was, was younger. An interesting time where certainly her mother baked everything from scratch, mm-hmm. and there was still that farm influence. But mm-hmm. by the time she had six kids in the you know late fifties, <laughs> early sixties, she's like, give me the, the boxes, the cake mix. Yeah. So birthday cakes at her house were always you know very good homemade fudge frosting but she would use the yellow box mm-hmm. you know what I mean totally like, acceptable there was Duncan always Haynes. that like mash <laughs> Hines. oh hi you'll get it right at some point it was Duncan Hill earlier <laughs> oh Duncan Hill but no Duncan it's Duncan, Duncan Hines Duncan Hines and Duncan I was Hines. telling Michelle because Dolly Parton is coming out with her own um like line, line of well Bake. just like two Cake, flavors cake line yeah like two just okay. two flavors oh. a banana and her southern coconut, coconut which i'm here for yeah so wow. just a little you know, know i mean you know you should hit up some duncan hills and see if they want to shauna shauna sever <laughs> line <laughs> they're okay. taking applicants i i don't know it's uh you know it's the it's the combining sort of the homemade and the the boxed i think was really part of a you know my grandma's yeah. generation so there was some baking there but i don't know I, I've, oh I've always God. tried to answer these questions in like a super intelligent way, but really it just, it was an interest that I had. Yeah. And, and, and even at my age now, I mean, I think I've done so many sort of things that I'm really intensely interested in. I, I'm actually currently right now trying to figure out what is the, the through line? Like, how is it all connected? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like some of these things are connected. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what it is yet, but yeah, the baking for me certainly made it a lot easier to write because you know, I always, I always say that we have to cook, but we get to bake, right? Like it's mm-hmm. always going to be something special beyond the everyday. It's not something you have to do to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah. So there's always going to be a, a reason for it. Um, whether you you just want brownies because <laughs> you want brownies they taste good. or, uh, you know, it's a birthday, it's a celebration, it's, um, you know, a, a breakfast, you're having someone over and you want to bake something, you know, it's, um, that's something that's always been really intriguing to me is sort of that anthropology sort of aspect. And do you still, are you always baking now? I, you know, I don't bake as much as I did say when I'm in sure. testing mode and I do have other, you know, I'll take on like gigs where I have to write a bunch of recipes for, you know, a magazine or a story or something And then like you're that. going after it again. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to bake? Oh gosh. Like that cake, was my cookies, yeah, I want to know. bread. Yeah. I've seen like, I feel like I was scrolling through your Instagram. It seemed like it, there was a phase and I don't know if it was a pandemic phase, but you had a lot of bread going on. Oh, I did the sourdough just like everybody else. <laughs> and I started doing that because, uh, you know, that was something that I had always wanted to dive into mm-hmm. when I was writing Midwest Made was kind of more like 2016, uh, 2017 when sourdough really started to boom, but I just did yeah. not have, I didn't have the bandwidth at the time. I was doing mm-hmm. everything for this. Everything else. Yeah. So, so are you still feeding a sourdough starter now? And did you name it? I 
did name it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that's a thing. Oh, yes, you have to name it. <laughs> what so did you, you name yours? Because you have to keep it alive. You have to keep it alive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a living, breathing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So yeah. what's your starter's name? The Chloe Sevigny. Oh, my God. She, and you know, I was going to tell you a story earlier. She's the only actress I've ever met. Really? And she was so rude. Oh, well, I, I believe that. <laughs> That was part of it. It's like, Why what is she going to do? Rude? She's unpredictable. <laughs> yes. She's flax and colored. <laughs> she is. She will perform when she wants to perform. Yes, don't yeah. And don't please push don't it. try and get me on a schedule. Too okay. Funny. So, and do you have your starter still? I. You know what I did actually because I went through um, kind of a, a last year was really a big sort of uh, health, physical health and mental health sort of journey for me. Yes. So I was not baking as much last year. Just for. <laughs> For calories sake to be yeah, honest sure. uh, we don't want to romanticize it but that was part of it. it was just sort of changing you know I wasn't feeling it so much anymore anyway and I, was, I kind of made a shift so um I yeah I, I hadn't been baking so much and then decided to wait what were, what were we just doing I was about? asking if you had your starter but now I'm more curious about your mental and your physical yeah, trend, journey, journey yes, you've I know I'm taking you on such a roller don't worry coaster. about it let's hop even... out let's hop over to the mental and the uh, the physical trends the journey you went on oh, sure yeah so because I saw that you posted something recently yes um why don't I don't I didn't fo- I haven't followed the whole journey I don't know if you talked about it a lot on your Instagram account I did not do I... you can you share some of it what your oh. journey was yeah or what it is no, fully. I, I What's will going fully on? talk about it now. And I and I think part of it is also I I tend to be, well, like I said, like kind of an introverted, like private person. But I also had a feeling where like, I don't know how people put out extremely personal things that they're still Navigating. excavating. Like in the mm-hmm. middle of. I like, I, I knew there was some stuff in there that I was going to get into through therapy. I knew there were some things in the corners mm-hmm. that I was going to have to get out. And it's, I didn't want anybody's feedback, yes. even though everybody's like, yeah, you know, take care of yourself, girl. Like 99% positive, as you know, but there's always going to be that one asshole that says something <laughs> that you think about for three weeks. 100%. You know. Oh, I said 100%. Damn it. Oh. I was trying not to do that. It's oh, all right. No, but it's, I get it. But that's so true. There's, yeah, always, so, there, there's always that one. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got an asshole. What is that saying? Opinions are like them. Oh, yeah. Everyone's Everyone got them. <laughs> yeah. And I so kind of. So you kind of saved it until you were ready to share it. I did. I okay. sort of went underground on, on social for, I mean, still Good scrolling like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Of course. Don't get. Don't get it wrong. I yeah, we still see have you. a problem. We see you on the back. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I'm always on there. But whether or not I was going to share my own stuff was, sure. was a different thing. So, um, yeah, I decided I, you know, I had with the books and, and babies and, you know, drinking way too much wine yeah. mm-hmm. and doing all these things. It was and getting a little bit older. You know, once I turned 40, it was like my body really shifted, too. And so I had spent a couple of years like not really feeling my best and not you know, and knowing that it was going to have to be like a multi-pronged sort of action. Yeah. And so that's what it was. And so that's why when you, you look at the Instagram, like you said, like you saw a lot, a lot of baking because I was putting a lot of that out there up until the book release to sort of encourage people sure. to, to check the book out. It luckily happened and people have really enjoyed the book. Uh, but yeah, there definitely was a period where I was like, I don't really kind of owe anybody any explanation as far as what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. You know, and nobody, 
it's funny. It's like with social media, you think people care and they're waiting to hear from you, no, but really they're not. They and don't. if if you go mm-hmm. underground, it's okay. And if you put when you if and when you put it out there, then they'll respond or if they'll, you know, if they care, they'll go from there. But they're not I will say though, one of our friends did go dark recently since like the holidays and she's not just a weird internet friend. She's like a she's a, I've known her personally as well. And I was I I kind of were a little worried. I, I was not even I was just I guess the word would be like concerned, like just you okay? Like, because mm-hmm. she spends a lot of time on it. And the best news is, is she was great. She was just, she was um, taking time to figure out how to balance her life and what she wants to share. Yeah. Um, and she kind of, it sounds like she did something similar. It was just kind of navigating a little bit of a private journey. Yeah. And now she's kind of back on doing her thing. She's got a, I love her account in any case. So now where you are here, are you feeling, are you still in the middle of this journey? Are you navigating it? What is, where, what's the status? Oh, well, it's interesting because I, I feel like I'm almost at a different stage of it. You know, I Mm. think when you first figure some things out about yourself and feel like things are clicking and you, you do get into some of those dark corners, Mm -hmm. which are small things that weigh a lot, mm-hmm. you know, small moments that hold you down in a way that you mm-hmm. don't realize they yep. did. And once you sort of sweep that out and then you feel kind of weightless for a while. Yes, there's a lightness. Sort of, Ooh, and I had a, have a great therapist <clears throat> and it was that real honeymoon period of therapy and doing this intense work and having these breakthroughs and I well done. quit drinking and I got into weed a little bit. So are you done drinking now? I very occasionally will yeah. drink now. Okay, but you've you've cut back a ton. Yes. It sounded like like the rest of us we were drinking a shit ton. Yeah. No, I went totally dry for about six months. And have you found that the cannabis has been a little bit of a what's your thought on it? Um, for me it has been uh, life changing. Cool. I it was never anything that I dabbled in as a as a kid. I had a couple like bad experiences <laughs> when everything was <laughs> So you just get high I think every, everybody has those stories. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Especially growing up around here. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell and you just you get your weed what from was someone. It? Right. What was this bag of oregano that right. knocked me on the, my ass? You smoked oregano. Yeah. And, but you thought you were really high. Yeah. yeah. Like, why does this taste like pizza? Yeah. So now you're... Weird. <laughs> is there cheese on this? What's going on? <laughs> so now you're obviously getting much more like medical recreational grade. And yes. are you using it for like relaxation, recreation? Is it like a combination? It's all of it. It's all of it. And I think something really interesting that happened, and of course my therapist is like, okay, now we don't want to exchange one crutch for another. Sure. So let's see. I'm like, okay, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop um, judging me. <laughs> just let me live. Yeah. Uh, she is right. But <laughs> something interesting with me is there are there are certain strains that are um, that I have noticed have really led me to some of the biggest sort of breakthroughs that I've had. And I think if I wasn't in therapy at the time that these things were happening, mm. um, I wouldn't have had someone to sort of process it with. Sure. So I was very careful to be like, you won't believe what just happened, what I thought of the other day. Sure. So you're talking about like the using of the cannabis and having like so almost like some more like open cerebral like yes. those kind of moments yeah where, okay i'm sure what what strains yeah. are you do you mind sharing like, one are you or two of liking them? more of like the sativa the hybrid do you like to be more relaxed what do you lean towards more yeah i think when i first started i was you know i had some gummies that were more like indica and i was like oh this is a little weird and then and then i found sativa and i was like okay yeah this is more, more sativa girl. my speed mm-hmm. and i i like hybrid as mm, well me too, too. 
Um, but I, I, I like, um, what's the one? There's a Blue Dream. Yes, stream. that's Lauren's fave. I love Blue Dream. That gives you anxiety it makes or dementia. Me, it does. It <laughs> makes me have short-term memory loss. Yeah, I, no, I mean, that's true. That, and that's the thing that I have to navigate with the cannabis is there are some that I will <clears throat> u- use it and feel like I cannot... I'm like, hang on a second. I can't remember my word. I'm yeah. like, this isn't, I'm going to shelf this one. I'm going to go ahead and pass this on to somebody yeah. else. And then there are others that I'm like, this This works with my body chemistry. Yeah. And this is actually enhancing my quality Bruce of life. Banner. Banner all the way. Yeah. So if you like Blue Dream, Bruce Banner is, when I worked at the dispensary, like if people were jonesing for one and we didn't have it, that Jack Herrera and Bruce Banner and Blue Dream were kind of like that. I would say Bruce Banner and Jack are a little bit higher end sativa, but Blue Dream can run strong as well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, it, it does really matter finding a strain that works with you. Yes. So you found some strains. Did you ever find any other gummies that were working for you or did you kick them and just went with the with flour? Um, I actually, I, I love Mindy Siegel's uh, edibles. Yeah, I think they're are good. Great. Yep. Those are good. Sometimes yeah, those really baker. do. Get, what's that? Another baker. Yes. Yep. And she's what she let me use one of her recipes. Oh, no um, shit. Which one? She has um, those meringue topped uh, okay. sort of cookie bars. That cool. She does that are really, really good. Awesome. Yeah, she's an awesome lady. Um, yeah, her uh, her edibles are great. And then there's this one. That I think they're just called Incredibles. Yeah, I feel Incredible like. Edibles. Adam, like them. Those yeah, are great. Yeah, they're real good. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I enjoy, like, you know, like a combination of vehicles. And Same. you found that it kind of, it's helped you, obviously, kick some of just the intake of alcohol. Yes. But also mentally. Yes. You know, there's this thing. It's I don't know what it's called. And I'm sure your therapist maybe has mentioned it to you. It's like... Well, there's a higher level of it where it's like psilocybin, you know, there's that ther- therapy with um, like psilocybin things. Of, have you ever heard of like that? Like a guided trip. Like a guided That's trip. That's on my list. Yes. I would love. I would, I would totally do it. I have a friend who will begin. Psilocybin. Psilocybin. Stuff, maybe. Special. Well, yeah. So no, there's ketamine. That kind of freaks me yeah, out. Yeah. Ketamine but, freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. Same here. But there's that. And I feel like with cannabis, there's that opportunity for therapy too, yes. to experience the plant and how is it working with you neurologically, emotionally, mentally. And it sounds like you had quite an experience I and did. your therapist was down with it. Yes, because I think part of what she's been supportive about and I, I identified about myself you know, pretty early on in therapy and something I really wanted to work on is that you know, my entire life I've been, I, I kind of hedge more towards you know, being a perfectionist and a lot of self-editing and a lot of self-doubt and, you know, more of those things that you sort of add on, you know, and some of it has to do with, you know, childhood trauma. The reasons why we do what we do are very connected to mm-hmm. to our childhoods. And, and so, you know, unraveling all of that and then, and then figuring out where it came from is, you know, really empowering. And I've found that I had these moments you know, not super high either. Like just real early on mm-hmm. where you're just first getting, you know, really feeling your mind start to open up where I would have a sudden memory of something mm. or I could feel something. I could suddenly look at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And and I think the way I've tried to describe it to my therapist is that it's almost like, you know, it's almost like that thing where the, where people talk about self-compassion, where you're supposed to be, you know, compassionate and kinder to yourself and, and talk to yourself and think to yourself the way that you would want a friend to mm-hmm. do. That is the hardest thing in the world to do it if really you're is. somebody who is 
really self-critical. Mm-hmm. And so to remove that for a second and get that flood of, you were eight, that was not your job, mm-hmm. is you could tell, I could tell myself that for 30 years I told myself that. Uh-huh. And, I, and the way I always describe it, it's a difference between knowing, like in your head, intelligently knowing, and then knowing mm-hmm. within yourself like in a way that you know it mm-hmm. in your bones. You know it as something to be true. You know, you know it in the way that like, I always think about how most of the time when we sit in a chair, we don't like wiggle the chair and make sure it's steady and all that. No, we usually just sit in it. Yeah, trust you know? that it's stable. Right. Fingers crossed. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't think about it. And there's, and it occurred to me, there are people who live their whole lives like that. Yes. It's like, wow, what would that be like? Mm-hmm. To not stop before every new endeavor or whatever and then ask yourself like this arsenal of, you know, questions and stuff. And like, so there there definitely have been moments with uh, cannabis that have just been like a fast forward button to that. To be well, like, wow. And because I, I don't put the chaos back. Once the breakthrough happens, it's, out. it's like, it's I out. love that. And that's what's been really valuable. That's very healing. It's extremely healing. What was the impetus behind what inspired you to get in cannabis? Um, well, when it was legal here. Okay. Was I, I don't know that I was really uh, that into it before then, actually. Um, And it, you know, it sort of coincided with, uh, like, quitting drinking. Yeah. And... Tell I I quit smoking. I quit smoking with cannabis. Yeah. Because I changed nicotine for joints. Mm. So then you were just really, really (laughs) high. (laughs) But it really, it's, it's such a healing, you know, but that's the thing. Yeah, you're high, but you're not putting all that other shit in your body. Yeah. And you're actually, you're having a good time. Yep. You're still smoking something. Yeah. Could be worse. It could be worse. It's not meth. Could be crack. <laughs> it could be crack. Wait, I have a question for you. And yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I hear a big yes. Oh. Would you ever consider marrying your um, enthusiasm for cannabis and baking and start baking with cannabis? Yeah. You know what? I've never done it. I feel like you could do it. I'm Ugh. sure I could. Everybody else, did I you guys know ever you can do did it. Did you guys ever have those college like the guy across the hall that was like that? He was like the food scientist, but or with the I early, wish. Oh my lanta! There was this one time in college <laughs> where the dude, the football team across the street, they were like, "We're making brownies. We've got the THC. It's we're diffusing it into yeah. the butter right now." Yes, guys, it's a whole process. When I tell you that we nib, we ate the brownies. I went back to my apart, my house with my roommates. We, me and my roommate Andrea Drum, I'll never forget it. We sat on the floor in our kitchen and we opened and closed the cabinet for 17 hours. I was like, "When's this gonna end? When is this? I'm too freaking well, high." There's so much that goes into that. First of all, I'm like, did they measure it exactly? Out? Oh I know it's not working. Eat more. And oh, that's biggest the, that's regret. the biggest that was mistake. Bowl full of regret that night. Oh man, high for hours. Have you ever eaten? I've said I always was very cautious with the homemade versions of cannabis and whatever it might be, whether it's butter or brownie. It scared the shit out of yeah. me, as it should have. It's which very, is why everybody had bad experiences yeah, back then. It was not like my jam. The I, Wild West of yeah. It's like bake. eat this. It's like literally you're Alice in Wonderland. Yes. See what happens. It's exactly <laughs> it. No, and I think that that is part of it that makes makes it easier to sort of get into it now is that it is so much more regulated yeah. and you can do it can you be know whatever what you taking. want it to be and it, and it tastes so much better it's now it and it's fun it is fun. my biggest tip is always suck on those edibles now <laughs> don't go chewing them up and gobbling them yeah. Shauna yeah. Suck on give them a good sucky <laughs> yeah put it under the tongue under the tongue you know the tricks yeah yeah 
Right. I want people walking away with takeaways, Michelle. There are many from this. This conversation is blowing my mind because you know what? I had like all these other questions that are still cool. I think you might have to come back on, but it's like, (laughs) what's your favorite bakery? What are your three baking must-haves? But this, what we did is... But I want to know what her three baking must-haves are. Okay, do you have three baking must-haves? Three baking must-haves. Like in the kitchen, like should everyone have a hand mixer or do they need one of those big ass... Do we need a kitchen thing? I think the kitchen is a pain in the ass. It's very heavy. It's It's very bulky. If you're not someone who bakes a lot, you don't need it. I mean, everyone gets by just fine with a hand mixer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is important to have something that you can get air into something if you need to, though. So that's Mm -hmm. where the, the, the hand mixer is good. Okay. Oh. Like if you have to like beat something to get it to a stiff peak, is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, for like a pavlova. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. So something like that. Anything else would, if there's a baker listening, they're like, I really want to up my game a little bit. Yeah. Or what is that must have that a baker should have? Can you Ooh. think of anything? Yeah. I really like, um, <laughs> I talk about this all the time. People think I'm crazy, but I love the parchment paper from the dollar okay. store. Okay. Tell us more. Why is that? Okay. Well, because first of all, it's a dollar. Yeah. Right. And well, it's a dollar 25 now. <laughs> Oh wow! They if you go to dollar, tree. it's called the Dollar Twenty Five <laughs> Tree. <prices>. Yeah, <laughs> even the Dollar Tree is raising their prices. Yeah, Sign of the them. times. Good for yeah. them. No, uh, that's great because every you know, if you've ever been to the Dollar Tree, it's like or any dollar store, it's like everything is always shrunken a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason it's a dollar. But the the parchment paper is like twelve inches long exactly, that's and a great your standard tip. sheet pan is yeah. 12 by 17 so you never have to trim on the edges so oh just that's a great tip. and then are you using parchment paper for every so are you omitting spraying the the, the edges the non-stick like, spray are like you just putting cookies on parchment i would paper? never spray non-stick spray on a cookie sheet because even though i love non-stick spray for certain things okay. i'm not anti like, okay yeah i'm sure there's propellants and death for sure, chemicals. carcinogens. No worries. <laughs> if, you, if you spray nonstick spray on something and it gets really hot, it it Burns? puts it, it it kind of it doesn't so much burn as it basically hardens uh, in the way that an enamel would harden, and then you had to get this coating that's like really hard to get off. That and would it gets ex- sticky. That would explain one of my sheet pans yeah. it has like almost like a caramel sort yep. of mm. that's what that is you need to get yourself a little sos pad yes i do and bring that and some elbow grease yeah and then <laughs> and then scrub those off which and is actually really uh satisfying. satisfying i'm loving the i've been using parchment paper for almost everything now cookies baking like quick breads and i love with the quick bread like pulling, pulling it out, it out. Pulling it's out. just so much easier make yourself little handles okay it's like a little bread sling yeah. it is exactly a hammock if you will ah yeah a hammock <laughs> hammock how do you say hammock? Hammock. Ham- See, there we go. Hammock. Actually, if I'm not, if I'm, it's hammock. <laughs> it's up here. I'm pretty sure. Hammock. <laughs> but if you're reporting, it's hammock. 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 Oh, a hammock. hammock. Our friend Jen Newbar out in, uh, out in New York, I said I was sitting in a hammock and she's like, you're sitting in a what? I'm like, a ham. what are you sitting in? What did she say? What you said. A hammock. hammock. A hammock. <laughs> I can't even say it. A hammock. A hammock. I don't have Hammock. to hide my Midwestern accent <laughs> on this show. It's great. No, you don't have to. Okay, so we've got the parchment paper. Love that yes. tip. And then is there anything else you can think of that a baker oh, must have? Yes. Um, I love, um, uh, they're called bench scrapers sometimes. What's that? It's like a little rectangle of metal, or sometimes it's a little curved at the top, and it has oh, a sure. straight edge, and it has a little plastic I have that. You oh, have that. and you, I use it for not baking, though. I use it for, uh, like, taking my chopped veg- veggies. Yes. So what do you do with it for baking? Well, if you're if you're 
really what it's mostly for is pastry. If you're trying to move dough on a board, if you're doing a pie crust, for example, you know, a pie crust likes to stick. Yes. But if you add too much flour, then it gets dry. So with a pastry scraper like that, what you can do is get under your dough and just make sure it's mm. continuously moving. Oh. Then you don't need as much flour because it will just work with whatever flour you have sure. there. And just keep it moving. It doesn't stick. Do you have one of those? No. Like Got to get one now. Yeah. I love it for cutting things. If you're If you're doing any sort of cookie or like the potato chip cookies in the book, I it's have something to similar to this. I don't know if I'm using watering. it for the right. Maybe I do have it, and I'm using it for the wrong thing. We'll have to. I'll show you. When we I go clean upstairs. my counter. I love cleaning counters with it. It's like so satisfying. It just you don't have to you know put stuff in your hand. You just. Do you ever go to Greek islands? What? Oh yes. yes, they do that. They've got that great little tool. To clean I learned. The I recently That's learned. That's kind of what it is. Isn't yeah. it called a creme? I I just learned what this was. I was at a restaurant, and I'm like, "Where's your thing that they used at Great Greek Islands?" I said that, and he goes, "The." Cremant, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, I love that freaking tool. Yeah, satisfying but watch when they come. Do you have a favorite bakery? Because again, in your bio, you said you were on the hunt for a favorite bakery here in the Midwest. Do you have one that is a go-to? So you're in Oak Park. There's yeah. spilt milk. Spilt milk is wonderful. The spilt milk they is good. They do such a great job there. And yep. someone told me that they carry my book there. Which is oh, book. right on. So. That's a win-win. Yeah, and they okay. have wonderful things. I love spilt milk. Uh, what else do I love? I also saw you snooping over at uh, La- Lost Larson, that princess cake. <sighs> that thing's freaking good. Lost Larson is probably my favorite in the city. It's because so the good. princess cake is just... So what is a princess I was just, cake? Yeah. <sighs> well, Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, first of all, I think it's Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a layer of... Sometimes they'll do a little... Um, the word right now but it's like a little chewy crunchy sort of combination of goodness on the bottom is it marzipan it's not marzipan it it's, uh, it's a, we'll google it's it. something then there's a layer of white cake <laughs> then there's a jam usually a raspberry or something that's like Yum. a little tart sometimes it's lingonberry mm. then there's like a dome of um it's usually like a whipped cream like a stabilized uh, yes. whipped cream and then over that is the marzipan. That's the marzipan. Dang. And the Which marzipan is green. is green. It's like a Tiffany green. It's because sometimes it's pistachio paste ah, that they need in. Okay. Some places will just color it. It's beautiful. But yeah, it's really beautiful. Sounds We've got to go to Lost Larson for this. Oh my God. It's, and everything they do is so delicious. It's and their cardamom buns. Oh, and their dinner. Have you ever eaten like dinner there no okay maybe we take a field trip because i thought it was just a bakery at nighttime they do like a small limited menu and they have like swedish meatballs yum Mm. they have tons of different things but again it's it's limited it's delightful it's just a little it's such a quaint experience you know there's like just a couple wines to choose from Mm -hmm. now with this bullshit that we're all living through i don't know if they're doing dine-in but when they do if they do i highly recommend it do you go to us do you get punchkis or do you make your own every year um, well, Oak Park Bakery is one of the places that does oh, the punchki. They do it? They do the big ones that people, you know, they place the order. I did and, not know this. Yeah. Where is Oak Park Bakery? It's on Oak Park Avenue, uh, just south of 290, like that next okay. block. Okay. Well, it looks like we're going to get our punchkis from there. Um, but yeah, More they're, they're really good. <laughs> they're good. And they're how they want you, you want it to be if you grew up in Chicago, which is to say, like, they're way too big and, like, yeah. the fruit is, like, probably real fruit. See, I uh, want real fruitish. <laughs> no, they do. It is strawberries in there, but it always has it the like glazy. Yeah, the gooey glaze. That comes out of the Yes. Okay. 
Do you like punchkis? I do. I they're just my they're favorite. great. You know, and if you I, I love those sort of things that you're really only gonna have once a year. I mean, they sell them all year. I mean, once a year. But, I mean, who's the judge? I yeah. just had one a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but yeah, there are places that do them all year. I was at the Polish deli store. There's a Polish deli up on the north side. And they had fucking punchkis. And so I was like, good. hand them over. Give me one My right punchki now. My punchki wants a punchki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the right thing to Feed do. Me. That's the right thing. You want it in the DNA. So to wrap things up a little bit, do you have any future plans for any more books or for Shauna? Do you have anything that you're, any projects? Or are you just seeing where life takes you right now? I think I am seeing where life takes me right now, which Love is that. a really big thing for me. Um, you know, I was just the other day talking about how every year on New Year's Eve, I typically sit down. I've done this for years. I have my time where I sit and I, I try and write the highlights of the year, like good and bad. It's not mm-hmm. just a highlight reel, but what are the things, if I think back to this year, that define the year? And sometimes I have to go back in my calendar because I don't remember, you know, remember anything. <laughs> and then you go, oh, yeah, that trip or this thing or whatever. And a lot of times in the past it had all been like career related. Like mm. I think there's something about a certain period of time, as women especially, where it's like, okay, yeah, you have your goals as a parent, but it's like that's the thing that sort of drives you as you think about mm. goals as far as what you want to achieve with career. And when you're kind of working on your own, like what most cookbook authors do, it's like pretty easy to say like, I want to sell this many books or I want to be on this show or I want to blah, 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 blah. And, you know, sometimes I, w- I would would achieve those things and it's fun to look back and say oh this was on the goal list from last year mm-hmm. and I, I did this but this year was really like a wash it was really mm-hmm. hard to to you know go back through the calendar and be like there are weeks of <laughs> nothing. nothing yeah yeah you know I mean it can be zoom interviews or it could be you know like virtual book events and stuff mm-hmm. like that that I did that were great but it was nothing really like years past and so much of the work that I've done the past year had been so personal, like physical and mental health and all of that stuff, that it was a little bit odd to like just look at these lists and be like, wow, this was a different, it was a very different year. And then it called for sort of different goals mm-hmm. for the next year. And I found it really hard to write the goals in bullet points. Mm. And they were like these sweeping paragraphs, you know, or like even in my own mind, I'm like, well, it's kind of like... I want to feel, and I kept going back to, like, how do I want to feel at yeah. the end of this year? How do I want to feel, you know? With what you said, though, in regards to not having, you know, like, going back into the year and not seeing, like, you know, big cookbook releases or whatnot, but you did mention something so amazing during our conversation about how you took so much time to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective. Well, thank you. And I think I would tell that to another woman that I talked to, too, where I'd be like, hang on, sis, you actually, you did a lot. And that's what's great about having a therapist because they have notes on you. Yeah. And they will tell you where you were last year, which my therapist did. She's like, just to let you know, let's go back and talk about what your struggles were, where you were at. Like, that doesn't even sound like the person I am now. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's a lot so of growth. So to have someone to reflect that to you is like, it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as goals and future thinking, when everything is kind of like just nebulous, it's sort of like hard for me to put into words, especially mm-hmm. as like a writer. And if I can't do that, then I feel like, what, what am I doing? So... I think really the challenge for me right now is to be comfortable with like this unfolding. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Which I think a lot of women in middle age are up against going, wow. Okay. So this is how it goes. Mm -hmm. It's not a linear thing. This life. It is a series of beginnings and endings and you just do it over and over again till you die. 
I'm reading an awesome book. <laughs> I this love is that. true. And I'm reading an awesome book by, that Michelle gave me called Wild Words. I forget the author's name. And she says that, you know, there's that saying that a woman's life goes through seasons, but then so does a writer's life as well. Yeah. It's very applicable. Yeah. So, Shauna, to, um, so that our listeners can keep up with you, where is the best place to follow you? And do you, and if you want to direct them to your website, Instagram, anything. Yep, and where they can get your book and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, I'm Shauna Seaver on Instagram. And, you know, you can find the book, any of the books, um, on, you know, Amazon, of course. Yeah. Um, and a lot of bookstores, too. Awesome. They're all out there. How many do you have? Midwest Made was number four. Number four. Dang. Well done, Shauna. But it really does feel like the one that is like, if I never have the opportunity again, or if I never have the desire to write another book again, I'm, I feel like it's a pretty good snapshot of who I am. This and is I'm amazing. From. It's thank a you. beautiful, beautiful book. We'll put it in the link in it's our show really notes. Shauna, thank you so much for coming out and having a chat. We met in the winter over the holidays, yep. and but we've been kind of weird internet friends before then. Mm-hmm. And when we were discussing like a way to collaborate, I think this was a really beautiful first foundation way to start Absolutely. collabing with you. Yeah. Thank you for being for being so yes, open. Thank you for sharing your journey. I yeah. that, that people that helps people seriously to hear other people's stories and stuff. So Especially I appreciate the therapy your vulnerability. Part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people are a little tentative about therapy, but we're gung ho on therapy, canvas, and good times around here. <laughs> yeah. That's oh great. God. And that should be the bulk of life. <laughs> really? Right? It is. I mean, it's a perfect oh trifecta. Oh. <laughs> Just let yourself fall apart. Yeah. And, and then put it back together. Yeah. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We hope we'll, you will come and join us again. Oh, yeah. I'm making punchkis in about a month here. Um, I just stumbled upon something called a Dutch letter. I'm curious Not, not about a Dutch. That. Wait, what's a Dutch letter? Not a, no, Lauren, not a Dutch oven. <laughs> Keep, can we keep it classy for our guests? Not a Dutch, no, it's I don't know. What is a Dutch letter, Sean? Dutch letters are, uh, there's a, a bakery in Pella, Iowa called Yarsma Bakery that's really famous for making them. Um, there's a huge Dutch settlement in, cool. in Pella. So they have like a tulip festival every year and whatnot. Of course they do. So uh, the Dutch letters are really delicious. They're kind of like a pastry, sort of like a cookie. They're always S-shaped for some reason. Um, and they have an almond paste in between. Yum. I like the almond paste. In, in between, yeah. Yum. Amazing. Well, maybe you can come on like when we have a show and you can... In a know, test kitchen? And we can bake like, together. Yeah, that oh, would be I would love that. Yeah, and we I can stick to baking and not have me like overshare about my... No, we can no, get baked. We can get baked and bake. Getting baked and baking <gasps> with let's the get sister project with Shauna and Shauna. Ser- let's, bake, let's get baked and bake with Shauna Server. There, okay, so it. we need to just Sever. find a production yeah. company. Seaver. Seaver. With Shauna Seaver. Like Tony. Oh, did I think I said... Growing Pains. Growing, Growing Pains. Pain. Was, was it Tony Seaver? No, what was his name? Uh, it was the Seaver family. It was the Seaver family. God, remember What him? was his name? Uh, not Boner. Not Boner. <laughs> Everyone remembers Boner. Mike. <laughs> Mike Seaver. Mike Seaver. Seaver. Was Kirk That's Cameron. the best way. Oh, I think awesome. I mispronounced it Before as well. Before he got weird. Well, in the intro, we'll do it the right way. Yes, we will. Before he got weird is right. Mm-hmm. All right, on that note, you guys, stay cozy. And Shauna, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.